You're listening to The Served Up Show, a podcast that features inspiring beverage professionals and topic experts that share their passions through meaningful content. Your hostesses, Bridget Albert, is best known as the Market Fresh Mixologist, an industry mentor with over 25 years of experience. And I'm Julie Milroy, best known for my passion for leading change and helping others grow in their careers. Grab a cocktail and sit back. Let's learn how we can make a positive impact in our industry. Hey y'all, it's Bridget here. We are honored to be powered by the women winemakers of Banshee and Ferrari Corona at the Food Network's New York City Wine and Food Festival. This is a star-studded four-day event showcasing the talents of world-renowned chefs, wine and spirit experts, and so much more at the Food Network New York City Wine and Food Festival. I had the honor and pleasure of chatting with my new friend, Carlton McCoy. Carlton McCoy had a vast history in the hospitality industry. He is also the second African-American in the world to pass the Master Sommelier exam. Together, he and his partner, Galen Lawrence Jr., bought the Heights Cellar, a whole host of vineyards and a tasting room. Carlton is now the managing partner of the Lawrence Wine Estates and CEO and president of Heights Cellar, making him the first Black CEO in a Napa winery. Just wow. Carlton also co-founded the Roots Fund in 2020, and it helps to create a pathway for both Black and Indigenous people to engage with and pursue careers in the wine industry. So sit back, relax, grab yourself a glass of wine, and enjoy this very special episode. Carlton, welcome to Served Up. I am so excited to have you on the show today from the New York City Wine and Food Festival. Wow. It's a gorgeous day. It is a beautiful day. Can you tell our listeners what really inspired you to enter the wine community? You know, I I got my start actually in in the kitchen. Uh, And I was a cook before I went to the Culinary Institute of America. And uh, that was really my world. When I was there, I was introduced to wine for the first time in my life as part of the curriculum. You have to take a wine class there. Uh, And outside of um, just being terrified to fail the class, um, you know, it was never something I thought I was actually going to do as a career. I found it very interesting um, because I didn't grow up around wine. Um, And it was always, to me, deemed as something that was like uh, out of touch, you know, culturally. It wasn't something that I really interacted with. Um, So I really didn't think too much past just getting through the class. Uh, and I went to New York to, to cook, and I worked in some really fantastic kitchens uh, and decided to take a job in, in the dining room to learn more about service and, and hospitality and, and restaurant management, because that was my goal initially was to, to open and run restaurants. I really fell in love with it. Um, learning about wine was a part of that. Um, in, in hospitality, I had a, a manager at the time that says, if you really want to do this well, you know, you have to Learn about, about wine. You have to learn about cocktails. Beverage is a big part of what we do. Um, so I started to study, and, and, and that became my focus. Um, and um, you know, the career in wine uh, sort of followed that, and I, I sort of never looked back. That's amazing. Yeah. 
Can you take me from finding that passion for wine, for hospitality? Because I always say it's like you either love this industry or you don't. There's not a lot of gray area in that. And so when you say, you know, culturally, it was really important for you to to dive into wine. And, you know, can you talk about that? Yeah. Well, I think it's it's uh, I've always loved people and the food and beverage industry is a people business. you know, in, in, in what we do. And it, it, it became another way to connect with people. Uh, it was another form of cultural exploration that I, I um, you know, I, I wanted to dive into. And it was just something that I wasn't really exposed to. So it was all new and it was very exciting. You know, you, you know, I, um, where I grew up, people don't really drink wine. Actually, in most of America, people didn't drink wine, especially I was born in the 80s. You know, it's a very new thing to like go in, in middle America and, you know, go to liquor stores and see the amount of option that we have today. So it's very exciting. So, you know, when I was in college, when I got out, when I started to study wine, it was when Americans were really starting to actually sort of geek out about wine. And, you know, I heard about what a master sommelier was. And I think the, the growth of that organization in this country, I think really built a, a demand for wine in a very fast way because there was educated servants, right? Correct. And we, yeah. we had... Um, it was no longer just the maitre d' that went and grabbed the bottles. Like there were dedicated people in restaurants that would talk to you about wine, which America didn't really have many of for for a long time. But even through the quartermaster ways, we were educating every server and bartender and and, and maitre d'. So just the level of, of of education for the service staff had increased so much. You know, and I was part of that 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 movement and that wave that just made it so much easier to engage. But in that, I found a whole new community of very passionate people. When you connect with passionate people, you realize it's the same in in wine and food and art and music. These are people who are passionate about some cultural aspects. So in a sense, it was it was very similar to the time I spent in the kitchen. It's amazing. Yeah. Can you talk about then from your time? Um, in you know, outside of the kitchen through hospitality, and then it really brought you to kind of you know to have your own thing. Can we talk about that? Yeah, I've uh, you know I, I I do feel that um, the the best life to live is the one that you don't plan too far out, and I've lived my life that way, and it's 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 given me the opportunity to to take advantage of some really fantastic opportunities that otherwise I would not have been open to or or, or seen, and um, you know I. I after New York, I moved back to D.C., where my family's from, uh, where I'm from. And, um, you know, that was really nice. I've been away for so long, six, seven years of college in New York and so forth. And I um, started to study wine in D.C. And then I moved out to Aspen. I was in Aspen for nine years. And that was really finishing school. I, ran, I, I, earned, I learned how to understand the business of our industry, which is, is, uh, was also really intrigued me as well, is, you know, how do we get a bottle of wine to the table? How do we get it to the retail store? You know, store. How, how does that even work? And that really challenged me, and I really enjoyed it. And it really primed me for my next move, which was um, I, I call it quasi entrepreneurial because the spirit is very entrepreneurial. But we're really fortunate to have the funding we need to achieve what we 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 have to achieve. Um, so I was blessed to be able to connect with the Lawrence family, uh, Galen Lawrence specifically, who has become uh, not only I guess sort of um, uh, our company's owners, but also like a business mentor and sort of a father figure as well. He's a really exceptional man. And uh, he really taught me a lot about business and business mind. And I was able to apply that to what we do in the wine business in a really big way. What it allowed me to do was to ensure that we were successful, but we never had to sacrifice. Because that's something that's really important. 
and I is that we, um, you know, we truly believe that you can be entrepreneurial, be very successful, um, but be very strict with your convictions and your philosophies and what, what you hold very important. And it, it makes it harder, um, but it's really important for us. Um, and through that, you know, we've been able to, to, to build an enterprise that we've, we feel has a really unique identity and philosophy very quickly. Yeah, I mean, what you're doing, you know, going really from square one in hospitality, yeah. and now it's really to have your own bottle. And everything has to be like... If you're in the business oh, of selling anything, you're in hospitality. Yeah, a thousand you, percent. You are. I think if, even if you're not in the business, you're in a business of... Hospitality is a mindset, it's a lifestyle. Um, if you're a school teacher, you're in the hospitality business, right? Hospitality is about being selfless and attempting to... It's, it's empathetic. You know, it's, it's about trying to, to be a good human. Ultimately, is what hospitality is really about. Um, so I applied that to what we do in, in, in Napa and we do, and we do with our imports at Domain as, as well. We have, uh, you know, six estate wineries in Napa in one brand. Um, and we have Domain Estates, which is uh, our California-based negociation company that not only represents our wineries, but is an agency to uh, at least a dozen other brands and soon 20 brands and it's growing very quickly and that the, all of our companies run they run independently but it all funnels up to you know some very particular pillars of values of how we operate you know let's talk about you know those pillars and your values because one of the things that you co-founded was the the roots fund yeah and i want to know and i want our listeners to know you know what that is mm -hmm. and why that was important yeah. for you to do sure sure I, you know i um i feel very very blessed to have found wine for a number of reasons. Uh, I do feel, and I don't mean this egotistically, I could have been equally successful in the food, the food industry. Uh, but there is something about wine that um, it connects you to, I think, more cultural pillars than food. Um, food is, is so important, but food is a part of the wine industry. They all, you know, you go to wine regions and they're some of the best cooks in the region. These guys who own wineries, you know, and, and uh, you know, for me, I said, well, I was only exposed to wine because of culinary school. And, and it didn't really, you know, and that was only very brief. It was through the industry where I learned about it, where I said, you know, there's so many other communities in the country that culturally just don't engage with wine. And if they knew that, you know, there was this whole incredible industry that connects you with the rest of the world, then they would probably jump at it. So we created the Roots Fund to essentially just build more diversity in our industry. And, uh, you know, we, we, you know, I always talk about pillars, right? But it's, it's, we have these sort of three pillars that we work with in the Roots Fund. Um, and you know, the Roots Fund is a nonprofit that was created to create diversity in the industry, but it's about education as, as, you know, educating people on what the options are in the industry. And then we raise funds because no nonprofit works without proper funding. Right. Um, and, and we fund educational and cultural opportunities, um, for communities that typically do not engage with wine. And these are, um, you know, um, minorities and communities of color specifically. And, and then we help them with job placement and, and mentoring um, to be able to, uh, the same way I've been mentored, to help those communities uh, and those people be successful in their careers. And, and for me, uh, I am a very driven entrepreneurial person. I don't ever believe in giving anyone anything. Everything is earned. Um, so what we do is we show them a path. And mentoring is sometimes a quick text or it's a three-minute conversation where I'm thinking about this. What do you think? You know? And that goes a long way. And for us, it's been really gratifying to see, you know, companies like uh, Southern Glazers jump on board and, and help support Roots Fund in a really big way. And 
Um, and it's just, it, 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 it helps you sort of reaffirm how fantastic this industry is and that, that it is a people business. Absolutely. And then can you tell our listeners where can they find more information about the Roots Fund? Yeah. You know, so you can go online and just Google the Roots Fund. Um, we have, there's no other organization like it. Think that's why we got the name. But, um, and if you go on the website, what you'll find is uh, there are ways to, to donate funds. There's also ways to contribute your time in mentorship and so forth. Um, there is events where you can donate product. That goes a very long way. Um, and, you know, again, I, I, I can't say how grateful I am for, you know, to be able to work in an industry where people get behind these things and they go, yeah, you know, more diverse in this industry, it's only going to make it more exciting. And I'd say equally as important, it's only going to open up our beverages to a larger demographic of the nation. You know, as, as a wine drinker, I always go, well, you know, there is the philanthropic uh, approach, which, you know, is always nice where you just do things because, you, you know, you, you think it's good for society. But the other part is businesses. And we have a very large percentage of this country that doesn't engage with wine because they just don't know how to or culturally they don't. So when we see people from those communities working in the industry and marketing the beverage themselves, you're naturally just going to have more people engaging. And as, you know, someone who you know, oversees an enormous amount of wineries that want to sell to Americans, you know, it's, it's in our best interest to, to be able to invest in those communities now and we'll reap the benefits, if not this generation, the next generation for sure. Let me ask you something, you know, just on the consumer side, yeah. right? Because, you know, what you're saying, I mean, actually very much rings home for the trade, for the beverage trade. But yeah. as a consumer, wine can also be very intimidating, yeah. especially now compared to 20 years ago, mm -hmm. because you look in a liquor store, let's say, and there's so many bottles sure. and so yeah. many labels. Do you have some tips for the consumer on how to approach wine? Yeah. You know, I think that as someone who is a master sommelier, I think we've been probably our, um, the greatest and the worst uh, thing for the wine industry. And the greatest is because we really brought uh, a lot of awareness to wine as um, this, this beautiful natural beverage. And it got people really excited about it because we saw Americans like, you know, in suits, like with the, 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 the wine key and the decanter. And you go, wow, it's not just a bunch of stuffy old European guys. We can do this too. But I think we also uh, maybe put too much emphasis on education. And what I mean by that is, is wine is, is a pretty unique beverage where you don't need to know much about it to enjoy it. And I think that we, we need to focus more on pleasure these days. Uh, I love need, that. You need a very small amount of education to, to be dangerous. And the fact that we even know grapes, I, think, I don't think the American consumer understands that they're far more educated than the European consumer. You can go to regions in France where people are from there and they'll know the names of the village and things like this. They won't know the grapes that are in the bottle. The fact that we label wines by grapes' names and we know grapes and we know what a Cabernet tastes like or a Pinot tastes like, you are light years ahead of the vast majority of the world. So I guess people should just take pressure off themselves and once in a while just go, you know, I've had Pinot before, I like Pinot. Let me just, you know, what am I comfortable spending? Just grab one and drink it. You know, I always say, what's the worst going to happen? You're going to buzz and then you don't like it, don't buy it again. You know, like <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't have to be that serious. You know, I tell people all the time is, you know, I've driven cars since I was 15 years old. Outside of changing the oil and the tire, I couldn't tell you how the thing works. But somehow I use it every day. I take great pleasure in using it. And yeah. I think with wine is, I think we, we focus so much on education um, that I think we've forgotten to remind people that it's a, be it's a, it's a beverage of pleasure. Yeah. I really love those words, and I have not heard them really from anyone. You know, they, it's very much always focused, whether in wine or spirits, yeah. 
you know, on that education piece. But damn it, we should just open up a bottle and, and see what happens. But see what bit. magic's in that bottle, just right? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And I always say, like, grab a bottle, drink it, Google it. The internet is such an incredible tool. You can find out so much about a wine really, really quickly. And you taste it and you go, hmm, that's cool. It comes from there. That's awesome. You know, that's it. It doesn't have to be so serious. And the risk, if you're, if you're spending what you're comfortable spending, what is the risk? Really, if you're, gonna, if you're going to buy a bottle of wine, you know you, you're going to buy a bottle of wine. It's within your budget. Again, what's the actual risk? Like, it's not your favorite. Just don't buy it again. Try something else. Yeah, yeah. That's you know? really great advice. But this is the best time in the world to be a wine consumer. The average quality of wine anywhere in the world is exceptional at every price point. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. Yeah. I would love to leave our listeners with one last thought. And this is really to those who would like to break into the wine industry. Sure. What's your advice? There's a lot of roads into the wine industry. That's also what makes it very, very exciting. Is you got to sort of find out what part of the industry you want to be in. You know, do you want to be in the farming winemaking side? You know, or do you want to be in what we call sort of the front of the house of the winery, doing marketing and sales, which is uh, a whole different competency. Look at your personality type. You know, what do you feel that you, you'd want to get into? Uh, and they all have very, very different ro- roads. Um, but as a career... That is very different than the consumer. As a career, you need to be very knowledgeable. And what I can say is, the, you know, the people that you can see in the wine industry that are probably the most successful are people who spend a lot of time reading a lot of boring wine books and studying to be able to be where they are. And it's, it's, um, it is not the glamorous part. They don't make uh, often many movies and, and things like that about people sitting around just studying a book of wine. It's not very exciting. But that knowledge gives you what you need to be able to understand um, what you're either producing or selling, um, you know, or marketing. Um, and, and, you know, and then you go into the world. And I would say try a couple of things, right? Like don't just anger, well, I'm going to go do that. You know, I've done multiple jobs in the wine industry. And again, because I, I don't go, well, I'm going to do that. I, I go, well, I'm going to work in the wine industry at some level. And, and I've, I've done a number of things. And the wine industry is unique in that sense, but you can jump between different segments if you have a base level of knowledge. That's, that's really what it gives you that ability to jump between careers and wine is, is having a certain amount of knowledge. Yeah, that's really good advice for both the consumer and yeah. for those who want to break in. You know, I want to thank you for being unserved up today. No, it's my pleasure. Oh, my, my absolute goodness. pleasure. Here at the New York City Wine and Food Festival, yes. it's incredible to meet you here. I do hope that you'll come back on the show. Yes. And I just want to wish you some great health and a whole lot of peace. So thank you for being unserved up. I love it. It's a great ending. Yeah, yeah cheers. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Served Up is brought to you by Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. Produced by Zunu.online. Music by We Kill the Lion can be found on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to be notified of future Served Up episodes. Cheers!